Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and we are joined today by my co-host, Joe748, and Magnum Wordsmith. How's it going, Magnum Wordsmith? It's going great. Thank you guys for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, <laughs> glad to have you. And it's been a fun story that that you've shared with me for a while. Excited to share it with other people. Joe748, how are you doing? Doing good. Um, I got my Dunkin' Donuts coffee here because I'm back on the East Coast, and I forgot about the humidity. Uh, should we see if they'll be our sponsor, Duncan? <laughs> yeah. We are we're already locked in with Denny's. We got oh, a ten year right. contract. So that's right. Moon's over Miami for days. Just on four eight, when was the last time you were in a casino? That was probably a month ago. Actually in, in Vegas at the boot camp. Okay. Oh, you've been slacking. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Magnum War Smith? When was the last time you were in a casino? About twelve hours ago, actually. I just got back from a short AP trip. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, uh, glad one of us is still grinding. All right. Well, let's let's get into your story because uh, this is a really fun, unique one. And take us from the top. How'd you get into blackjack and card counting and advantage play? Sure. So um, my love for blackjack began when I was about 16 years old. Some cousins of mine had invited me to come over one weekend and just ride trails. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Let's do it. So the weekend um, rolls around. I'm all excited. We basically like ride all day until we're like sunburned. Just to draw a picture for you, well, I grew up kind of everywhere, but I went to like eight or nine different schools. But I was born in a small town in Alabama and basically like the middle of nowhere, like dirt road, no cell service, hundreds of miles of woods. And so, like, you know, we were in the world before, you know, the Internet and social media had taken over completely. But anyway, back to the story later that night, we're sitting around the kitchen table and someone's like, hey, you guys want to play some spare change blackjack and have some drinks? And me being at that age, I was like, yes, 1000 percent. I am down for that. So I was a broke teenager. I had like 47 cents in my pocket and like our little made up table max was like a dollar. I couldn't even afford that. But anyway, I call it blackjack, but we kind of had our own like house rules, I guess you could say. And it was like a spinoff of blackjack. But uh, so the first part of the night went well. Uh, I managed to stay alive. But as the night progressed, so did the liquid encouragement. And the latter part of the night, you know, the drink started to get a hold of me and then things become fuzzy. And soon enough, I was rocked to sleep like a baby. Well, the next day I wake up and my pockets are like clinking and they're full. So I stand up and I'm like, what is this? So I reach down into my pockets and like there's just quarters and nickels and dimes falling over out of my hand. And uh, my cousin's like, yeah, you jerk. You're the luckiest guy on the planet. You took everyone's money last night. And I was like, I did. Like, yeah, you were playing really crazy, hitting like hard 17s and hard 18s. And like I had zero recollection of any of it. But um, yeah, that was kind of like the dangerous ploppy seed that was planted in my head that day because I thought I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. I'll play, you know, this blackjack game and I won't have to work. So <laughs> step one, get drunk. Step two, win at blackjack. Yep. <laughs> so now fast forward, I don't know, a lot of years later to the year uh, 2017. So at this point, I'm in an established rock band and we have landed a gig at a casino. So I won't name the casino, but I will say it was in the state of Louisiana. So we were scheduled to do a back-to-back, -back, like over the weekend show here in this Louisiana casino. 
the night before we had driven all night to get there really early in the morning. So we get there early in the morning. We take like a power nap after we check in and then we head on over to the casino and, you know, start shaking hands and, and greeting the uh, entertainment department from the casino. And we do a sound check. They're pleased. We're pleased. Everybody is happy. And there's, you know, rapport being built and smiles are growing. So everything's going good. Well, we play the show. And at the end of the night, I had walked up to our band manager slash accountant. And I was like, you know, I'd really like to be able to contribute. And I was like, I have an idea. And she was like, okay, what's the idea? And I'm like, well, when I was 16, I played blackjack and won a lot of money. So I think I can do that here too. (laughs) I was like, but you know, I'm a broke musician. So if you want to give me like 400 bucks, I'll go turn it into a lot of money. (laughs) So what could possibly go wrong? So the first night it actually went well. I got really drunk and lucky again and won like $700. So the second night that we played at the same casino, lots of fun, lots of drinks again. And Still, I had a continued winning streak. I made like a total over those two nights of like $1,500. So like at this point, I had already looked into like a little bit of basic strategy and I watched a random YouTube video for like 30 seconds on how to count cards, but it was like a conjecture understanding. So I don't know if I had a winning game or not, but I thought I did. And that was all that mattered. You know, I had made $1,500 and the accountant was happy. The band was happy. So, you know, some APs play where they stay, where I was playing where I was playing, where I was staying. <laughs> and I'm sure that you didn't have a winning game at that point. Yeah, no, I, uh, looking back, and I actually remember the game that I was playing was like a, I remember I had a $400 bankroll to start off on the first night, and it was like a $10 table. It was like a double deck, and they cut off like a whole deck. You could resplit aces, but like you couldn't split and double on every other hand. It was weird. So my risk of ruin was probably like 99%. But, you know, maybe the alcohol helped that. (laughs) I had, you know, beer goggles with risk of ruin, I guess. But so this story does not end here. My winning streak of bad play continues. Later the year uh, in in 2017, my confidence was just kind of through the roof. And so was the accountant. She was like, I'm going to give you some more money and you can go make me more money and the band more money with this blackjack, you know, stuff that you're doing. And so I had went to, I call it my local, but it's about three hours away. When you're in Alabama, there are no casinos here. We have like what I like to call the off-brand casinos, but there's no table games. So like, you know, three, four, five hours away is what I have to do to even get to a casino with blackjack. But so I go to this casino in Mississippi. And at this point, I began kind of experimenting with like using side counts and stuff just because. You know, I had this false sense of confidence that I was winning, but it was more or less a delusion. So I go into the casino and I'm like, I see this uh, side bet. It's progressive for like the jackpot piece, like $70,000 and it's blazing sevens. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this halfway card counting, you know, system that I had had been doing. And then I'm also going to keep track of the sevens. To my amazement, after a 21 hour session of just drinking alcohol and like also switching to coffee after, you know, at about six o'clock in the morning, I was like, well, about 70% of the cards have been dealt. That was just a wild guess. And there was very few of the sevens that had been dealt. So I placed the $5 bet on the progressive little lit up button there, whatever you want to call it. And I get my first seven and it's a seven of hearts. And I was like, I just kind of laughed. And then so the dealer goes all the way around the table and gets back to me and hands me another seven of hearts. And at this point, like my heart is pounding. Like it feels like it's going to come out of my chest. And she gets to her and she peeks over to the right and she looks at me and her eyes widen. And like it was the seven of hearts. And I swear that I stopped breathing for about five seconds. 
you know, again, I was some like broke musician, you know, broke kid, like 47 cents in my pocket from years ago. And now I've just won like over 70 grand. So I like messaged my accountant. I was like, you got to hurry up and get down here. And they're like, no, 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 get off your phone. Don't, you can't have your phone on the table because they're, you know, they might try to, this was some ploppy talking to me. He was like, they're going to try to keep, keep the money away from you. But, um, they did pay me. And yeah, so after, I don't remember how much it was after taxes, but it didn't matter because I was ecstatic. So you said it was 70,000 was the progressive jackpot. Yeah, I think it was 76,000 at the progressive. And you don't remember what it was after tax? I think it was somewhere in the like the 55 to 60 range. I don't know. They took out a solid chunk. How much did you tip? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So after a alcohol coffee infused level of excitement, I not only tipped the dealer a thousand, but I jokingly had told the other players at the table that if I were to hit this jackpot, that I would tip everybody a thousand dollars. I was just joking. And so I had to hand out $3,000 in tips because I was a man of my word. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, this is, this is why casinos exist because absolute ploppies do get lucky sometimes. Yep. And uh, hit it big. And then it's, it's game on the casinos like, Oh, I've, we've got a lifer here. Yeah. I was the um, blind squirrel that happened to find a nut that day. Oh man. Okay. So how did that get you into card counting? That's how it got, got you into gambling at blackjack. What, where did it go from there? So now at this point, I want to keep playing blackjack and over the span of the next several months, almost all of it vanishes because I was just losing and I had realized that I had a losing game. So I had been talking about blackjack and the weird thing was, is like I was on Facebook one day and I guess like, you know how sometimes your, your phones just kind of spy on you. Well, one day I got on Facebook after talking about blackjack and Colin, your Facebook profile popped up in my suggestion feed. Oh my gosh. That and it was, it was just something about blackjack and I, and I seen it and I was like, okay, well, what's this blackjack apprenticeship? So I checked it out. And at the time I was like, dang, I sure wish I didn't lose all that money that I just won. I could have went to this blackjack apprenticeship, but I'm broke again or not broke, but that was on peanuts at that point. Yeah. So we went out on the road again and eventually at some point, I'm not going to go into this story, but I ended up becoming a father. So that was another jackpot that I had hit another type of jackpot. But so now to get to the uh, meat and potatoes of the story, I had seen my son's mother was playing some game on her phone and it was called Diamond Strike and it was a skills game. And I was like, what is this? And she's like, yeah, I'm playing a game on my phone. This company skills, they have all sorts of different games, but they have like a blackjack game and you, you should try it. And so I ended up scrambling through like, I think they have over 150 different games. And I had found uh, a game called 21 Blitz. And so I downloaded the game and I was like, you know, I know a little bit about counting, so I'm going to try this here. And at first I had tried the practice game, so I didn't deposit anything, but I had developed another false sense of confidence and I was being lured in at the time. I, di I didn't know that. I would deposit probably about a few thousand dollars and I did well at first, but then I ended up losing it all. And at this point I was like, okay, if I'm losing at blackjack and if I'm losing in this game, something must be wrong. And I was like, I'm going to get serious about this. And at first I had just scrounged up enough information about like blackjack with like high low and basic strategy. I would still say that I wasn't like at all like a perfect player, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to help me on, on 21 blitz. 
So I started a long journey of building my own counting system for 21 Blitz. And I'm not going to give it away, but I'll say it's like a hybrid of a counting system and imagery using like some sort of emotionally charged memory or like an absurdity of like an image. Like you just think about, I don't know, like a clown doing a backflip through like, you know, just something really absurd. So memory, memory palace stuff. Yes. Yeah, so like a memory palace on like the, on one hand and then like an actual counting system on the other. So I was kind of like juggling both. At first, I only added like aces and twos. And then I noticed that I started beating some of the more strong players. And then I added in like threes and fours. And like, you know, eventually I would get a, a solid chunk. But so after about two or three false starts, I had like roughly $300 in my account. And I said, OK, this is the final attempt that I'm going to do. And if it doesn't work, I'm done with counting cards. I'm going to go get a full-time job, and I'm just going to accept reality for what it is. Well, that didn't happen, and I kept making money. So I was playing really, really, like, very tiny stakes with, like, $300. Like, the smallest game possible was, like, a 60-cent entry fee that you could do. And so I was putting together peanuts, and eventually my bankroll started to grow and grow and grow. And as my bankroll grew... So like with 21 Blitz, there's a, a pairing system. The, there's like an echelon position to where like basically the better you get, you're going to play like players of similar skill level as you, right? So the better you do, it just keeps going up and up and up and up. So, you know, at some point I had reached playing the elite players and these guys were like, I don't think they were counting cards, but they were like, I know one of the guys, he actually went to college for um, like he was a math major or whatever. So like he... He had some sort of strategy approach. Maybe he like ran simulations or something. I really don't know. But he was one of my hardest opponents. And eventually I went past him. But that was because I had pushed my memory palace slash counting system all the way up to a maximum of 38 cards. So I was st- strategizing while playing and juggling 38 individual cards in my head. So we got we got to back up here. There's, there's a lot I want to get to. First off, uh, going back to the the Facebook thing, just to put it out there. We're not spying on people, but how it works is uh, you you obviously were researching, you know, like we do, it's called retargeting. So if, if someone's been to blackjackapprenticeship.com, like something like three times or five times or something like that, then, uh, you know, Facebook might say like, oh, hey, you're interested in this. So you were clearly, you were, you were researching and you were getting into it. Did you have high, low down at that point? Yes. I mean, I didn't have anybody evaluating my game, but I did have it down. Okay. So that's the, that's the first thing is, you know, cause you said you created kind of hybrid. Um, so you had at least learned one count. Well, did, were you already into um, memory techniques? So the memory or the counting system that I built, it had nothing to do with high low. Yeah. But you were familiar with, with a, you know, effective removal system which, you know, all card counting systems are effective removal. Like, hey, if we remove a two, what what happens? If we move an ace, what happens? You, you're familiar with that. But then were you familiar with, you know, memory techniques, uh, memory palace type stuff? For, for those listening that have no idea what we're talking about, like even um, sequencing that skill in, uh, you know, blackjack, which is like really kind of an antiquated skill at this point, but blackjack players didn't invent it. They just took the techniques of people that could memorize a deck of cards, you know, or could, could memorize, you could memorize anything like a grocery list of, of 20 items using these techniques. So these techniques have been around for quite a while, but is that something you were already into? I had honestly just seen a random YouTube video about memory palace, but as far as like 
extending into some sort of other counting system or memory technique. Not really. I only kind of halfway understood Memory Palace, but... But it, you were able to do, was it like a person, object, action, or anything like that? It wasn't so much of like... like It's weird because you say that because I've heard them called statements, which is I guess is the same thing as... Uh, we just said person, object, action. Yeah, it's like person, action, object, or person, object, action. I don't want to say what I do, but it's not quite that. It's something similar. Okay. And and so did you know with 21 Blitz, is it a 52-card deck each time, or how does that work? Okay, so take a standard 52-card deck, but the only exception is two of the jacks are replaced with wilds. And so like these wilds, they're either like they can be used for clearing a stack. Like imagine if you had like, I don't know, like a 19 and you needed to get it out of the way. This wild, because like 21 Blitz is, is not blackjack. I want to be clear about that. It's it's a completely different animal. But yeah, the, the wilds are basically just like two cards that replace jacks. Can you give us a quick overview of the format of the game? Or just like the gameplay, like how does the actual game work you're playing against? Okay, so the the goal of 21 Blitz is, like, the straightforward goal is simple. You're trying to accumulate more points than your opponent. And you do that by, so, like, you and another opponent are going to play the exact same deck and, like, dealt out in the exact same way. Like, a a 10 Ace 2 is being dealt to me, a 10 Ace 2 is being dealt to you. And so there are different ways to accumulate points in the game. And there is the obvious, which is like, you know, a 21, which, you know, you guys would call a blackjack. And then there are five card piles. Now, the five card pile can either equate to 21 or as long as it doesn't bust. And then you can take a wild, which you can just you can put a wild literally anywhere. But the best way to accumulate points in 21 Blitz is something called streaks. And a streak is like a consecutive notion from, let's say, one or the other of like a 21 to a five-card pile or 21 to another 21, right? So not only are you you needing to count cards and have a strategy, you need to be able to have consecutive 21s or consecutive streaks. And then there is a, an actual like uh, time bonus. The time bonus doesn't really, like it doesn't really have an impact until you make it to like the extremes to where like, if you imagine like a rubber band, and you're pulling this rubber band tighter and tighter and tighter. Well, the further out you stretch the rubber band, the more energy it takes to actually stretch the rubber band further. So at that level, the time bonus begins to have an effect because like uh, one second of time equates to 10 seconds. And so I've actually lost by one point before, which would imply one-tenth of a second, and that actually does happen. You were playing the game and intuitively saw the way the points accumulate... If you know what exact cards have and haven't been played, you were able to come up with a system to track those to give yourself a greater chance of getting points. So, like, I hear a lot of, well, I don't, I don't want to jump there yet, but basically, my edge most of the time was at like 60% or more, like, into the actual deck, if that makes sense. Like, the further into the deck, like the quote unquote obstacles that are out of the way. I can have a more accurate reading of what's left and how I can sort of manipulate the deck of cards, the the remaining composition, because I'm not playing like, I'm not like playing a casino dealer. I'm playing another human being. So I don't have to, yeah, I don't have to like, I don't have to beat the casino or the house, so to speak. I mean, there is a rake involved in like, that's a different topic to discuss, but like, I just have to be smarter, stronger, and faster than my opponent. Well, what's crazy is you continually have to be, Strong, like they're going to just keep giving you tougher opponents. 
Right. It actually goes further than that. It's just crazy. So eventually, like, you know, I mentioned the echelon position. Eventually, you're going to reach like some sort of theoretical roof. And when that happens, by this point, obviously, this is under the assumption you're a profiting player. What I what they did to me was they removed like certain promotional deposits that sort of like ease like the necessary win percentage. And then they began to like to remove my like these sort of like things that you earn with like trophies and cash payouts. It's like all these different bonuses and like special events. And they start to remove them from someone who's profiting because you're profiting. So like, I'm not going to like dive into like similarities between back offs and countermeasure, but like, that's kind of like how they quote unquote countermeasure you. (laughs) So going back to gaining the edge, was it simply just by playing endless hours of this, you developed your skill or did you say, okay, here's my system. I'm going to practice it, not playing the game. I'm just going to practice it, you know, with a deck of cards for a hundred hours. Currently I have about 6,000 hours of actual playtime or practice time. And I've played close roughly to 90 to a hundred thousand games. But all of your practice hours were actually playing the game. Yes. So most of my time I was just spending on like trying to find the best way I can explain it is trying to find the sweet spot between conservative and aggressive approach. And like, if you wait until the end of the deck to like go for it, so to speak, you know, like really push for like a longer streak. If someone can do that, like a little bit before you do that, like, let's say I, I wait until 80% of the, uh, the deck has passed and there's 20% remaining. If someone else can do that at 40% remaining, they're going to be able to push further, you know, for more streaks and just play more aggressively. I don't know if that makes sense. This is really hard to explain without like, you know. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. How did the, how does the app like prevent people from like using computers to cheat or anything? Is there any kind of like monitoring of that or? Yes. So if you were to profit, regardless of how you're doing it, you will reach a point to where the trust and safety agents will want to do a live verification for you. So I have done six different live video verification calls with two uh, device recordings. And like, I don't know if there's three different options for them wanting to do that. Option A would be the fact that they have to do it for some sort of uh, legal reason, like every time they change their terms of service, which I, I don't understand that, but that's what they've claimed. Option B is they just want you to be able to, like, I guess, prove like you know that you're legitimate. And then option C is maybe there's some sort of financial checkpoint when you reach, they just have to do it. You know, like, like if you're playing blackjack and if you reach a certain threshold, like they're going to count you down. Maybe it's something similar similar to that. Wow. So you you, you get to your last three hundred bucks, and this is such a such a unique story. You know, I feel like I'm talking to someone that that figured out card counting before card counts <laughs> before beat the dealer or something. You know, you're down to your last three hundred bucks. You think that you can beat your opponents in in this esports app and develop your own system you, you say i'm going to go for it and you just start winning and then they put you against tougher opponents and you just keep winning but like did you have streaks like losing streaks winning streaks yes i did so the like winning streaks and like i guess you could say the variance of 21 blitz is a little bit different than like blackjack because like in blackjack if you just have a um, like if you have a proven winning game in blackjack and if you're losing 
and you're playing 100% perfectly, like that's just variance. But with 21 Blitz, like I'm the only person that can verify my game. So I have to make sure that I'm not allowing my ego to distort or manipulate, you know, like my strategy or whatever. As I'm playing, like I've had losing streaks before, but every time they happen, I'm terrified that maybe someone else has became like another version of me. You might get to a level where you just can't beat the competition anymore. Yes. As arrogant as this may seem, if someone were to be able to beat me consistently, I would have concern that, you know, like I I would just want proof that they're doing what I'm doing because I know that it took me, you know, thousands of hours and like tens of thousands of games and going to an extreme level like this game had basically taken over my life. I was averaging about 12 hours a day and sometimes more just practicing and playing. Wow. And so uh, what's a losing streak look like uh, financially and hours wise? So the biggest losing streak I've ever had was about, I don't know what it is in units because like just the payout system and everything everything else is different, but I've had like a $9,000 downswing and it took me probably about and when I'm when I'm talking about hours, I'm talking about me trying to figure out like what I was doing wrong or if someone else was beating me. And it would take me about like uh, just uh, probably two or three days of just like going through and watching video replays, dissecting everything, and and like every single card placement, like every individual card. I was asking, was this the correct decision, and why or why not? You know, was it? So I always felt like everything even to this day, feels like a constant science experiment. Like, I'm always trying to make sure that I have every possible, you know, uh, that even the tiniest edge I want to make sure that I have because it makes a difference in the end. Is this like a U.S.-based company or is it overseas? Like, how does the whole payout thing work? Like, is it only legal in some states or is there a loophole? Like, yeah. Yes. So I actually have a story of where it was illegal in a state and I had to rush. I won't go into that, but I had to like, literally leave an AP meetup and like rush back across the state line to get into like a rest area to where I could get back to the game. (laughs) Oh, wow. So I think skills, which is, so just to touch base, uh, because no, everyone listening doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about. There's three different things to name. So 21 Blitz, Skills, and Tether Studios. So Tether Studios is the developer of the game 21 Blitz. Skills is the esports platform that monetizes these games. Okay, so Skills, I believe they're based out of, I think it's California. I might be wrong. But as far as the actual competition pool, it's a like a global thing. The last time I checked, it covers like 80% of the world. There are certain states... To be honest, I'm a, I'm actually amazed that Alabama like allowed this to be legal because like we are very much against you know casinos and whatnot. But um, I've had I've competed against people from like Nepal, the United Kingdom, Germany, France, Italy, India. I've had you know competition from all over. So and I don't have like a, a special piece of paper that says Magnum Wordsmith is number one blitz player. You know, you guys would just have to take my word and. But yeah, the competition is is basically global. And so, you know, starting with three hundred dollars, where did where is it taking you? Yeah, so I went from three hundred dollars to six hundred and fifty thousand total profits, all in my pajamas. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and that's that's over the course of how many hours did you say six thousand? 
Yeah, about 6,000. I actually believe it's more, but I didn't really have proper logs in the beginning. I would say it's closer to seven, but like I, do, I don't want to give myself too much credit, but 6,000, that's 100% accurate. It's probably more than that, but at least 6,000. How many hours in do you think you were positive EV? I had always told myself that like I would play about two or 3,000 practice games. I'm, I'm trying to think about that answer because I really don't know, but if I had to guess, it would be about like, Maybe more like three to four hundred hours in because like in the very, very beginning, I was trying to juggle like learning how to play and doing a job. So to gain an edge with this game, you're going to have to suffer for a while. I would I would honestly not suggest this game to most people. This is like an advertisement that you see and you're like, yeah, that game's probably a scam. Like that's the type of game that this is like. Obviously, it's it's not and it's doable, but you have to go to an extreme measure. Yeah, I mean. There's no Blitz 21 apprenticeship or, you know, Blitz 21 by Ed Thorpe, you know, like you have to figure this out from scratch. I'm actually surprised you're saying, you know, three to 500 hours. I wouldn't be surprised if it would, if you would have said a thousand or or something like that, because you're developing and perfecting a system just absolutely from, from scratch. Like, I wonder how many people have tried and just, they couldn't develop a system, you know, probably countless people. Oh, yeah. The skills has had millions of players, but like, I mean, that doesn't equate to just 21 Blitz. But I know that um, there's been several, probably several hundred thousands of players. Like, I, I actually don't know how old 21 Blitz is, but I do know that skills has been around for like probably a decade. So they've had, you know, millions of players. And I, if I had to just make a wild guess, I would say the amount of people who actually turn a profit would only be about one to two percent. And that's that, that's being generous. Well, they've designed the game in a way that once someone's profitable, they're going to put you against someone tougher so that that person, you know, it's increasingly, it's almost like exponentially difficult to be profitable because they just want the rake, you know, if they can have two people of equal skill against each other and they're going to take a rake, they're good. That keeps the average person always at about a break, you know, just under break even. So they're, it's like a casino They're Everybody's like, losing so little they'll just keep gambling you know if someone's like always getting crushed they'll stop playing and if someone's always winning then you know they're not maximizing their opportunity to have equal just kind of take a little bit of money from every person so it's it's smart how they designed it but that means it's exponentially difficult to be an ap at this so like not only do they do everything that you just said but something that i've noticed about me is like so during one month of 2021, it's crazy because like during the pandemic and like, or like, you know, a little bit before and after I had actually made more money in my life that like I could ever dream of is because everybody was at home. And so everybody was on their phones or on the internet or doing whatever. So I honestly think that part of my profit was getting like just, just great timing with, you know, being on my phone while everyone else was on my phone. Because to profit on this game, someone has to lose for someone to win. And even if you reach the theoretical roof of the echelon, there are sort of like measures that the system can do. So like, for example, if I score something really high and uh, the system has to put my game into like a pending circle because it has to wait for somebody else to reach the same level as me. What they can actually do is put you against a completely like just a complete moron of a player that plays so horribly wrong that like they have a streak of luck and it works out. 
And so if me playing from like a practical and logical standpoint tries to play the same way that they did, it's not going to work. And I'm actually going to be the one that gets crushed because I played smart and not dumb. And the answer to that deck was to play dumb, if that makes sense. It's kind of hard to explain. Interesting. I mean, over the long term, you're going to crush those people. but Right. Yeah, yeah. So you're spending 12 hours a day at one point playing this. What the heck are you doing with card counting? Like, why, why, why did you continue to pursue that? I mean, people listening maybe don't know that you continue to pursue it, but you've been a member. Uh, you've been to a boot camp. You've been to a, a member of, of BJ for, for a few years now. Why other AP stuff? Just love Blackjack that much? Yeah, I think the only reason I found success was just because of my passion for Blackjack and, and counting. But like once I had made enough money off of 21 Bliss, I was like, all right, now I need to I need to like work on my my blackjack game. And that's when I went back to YouTube and I started watching some of the uh, blackjack apprenticeship videos. And I was like, okay, so time to get on a plane and go out west and you know, make sure my blackjack game is is good to go. So um I paid for the boot camp. And so fun fact, I did not know surrender existed in the United States until I was on the plane ride out to the BGA boot camp. <laughs> Funny. And your your game was good. I remember that at the boot camp. So you'd clearly worked on, you know, worked on traditional blackjack skills as well. Have you always been just like kind of that dialed in? I don't know. I don't like I don't mean this. As, I mean this as a compliment, but like obsessive about the things you get into. Yes, I am not a be kind of good at a few things. I would rather try to be a specialist at like, you know, one or two things and music, specifically like the guitar and like blackjack slash card counting have always been my my picks, you know. Yeah, I was going to say that about music because you sent me some recordings of the band you were in and it was like, oh, yeah, this is a very technically proficient, you know, <laughs> yeah, style of, of music that takes someone you know, I, I played guitar and, and there was a point where I would practice an hour a day, but there was this guy that was a couple apartments away from me in college that, I mean, he probably practiced three hours a day and he could just absolutely shred. And I was like, yeah, I just don't, don't have it in me to, to be that, that disciplined or that dialed in, but, um, it seems like you do. Yeah. I think to like, you know, rather it's blackjack, with you know, counting cards or a music, you really, you really have to stick with it. And I don't want to say you can't have a life but it's going to be very difficult to have a life and to be like proficiently tech technical you know with 21 blitz you mean i mean yeah card counting there's a nice thing about it. once you have the system down as long as you're playing casinos that are you know have a beatable game you know you have an edge but man with with the 21 blitz stuff you i would think you know the the level of skill to continually beat better opponents it's a whole lot. I was even thinking about poker, you know, with poker, you beat that by just finding lesser competition. And if you get to limits or you find yourself in a table where you're worse, you're, you're the, you know, lesser competition, you, you gotta leave that and find limits or tables with lesser competition with this. They're always going to find the better competition for you. So that's, it's just such a, such a challenge, but with your obsessive personality, you, you were up for that challenge. Yeah. And like, you can't even just be like, I guess, you know, I guess it depends on the rake of, of whatever game you're playing, but like in a head to head competition, just off the top, the rake is like 16% in 21 blitz. And now you have, there are different like sort of payouts. Like, you know, you can win the game. And then if you win, like you get trophies, which 
push you higher on the league payout systems. Rather you win or lose, you get tickets, which can be exchanged for bonus cash, but you really, really have to know the system to be able to get that return. It's still a very steep rake to, to overcome. That's the whole other part of it where it's just, you have your account system and that's one skill. And then the second skill is figuring out all the different pay structures and everything. It's, yes, <laughs> it's sort of, a, but one of the, what you mentioned earlier, that's been always been one of my fantasies is to like be one of those bands that play at the casino. And then right after their performance, they go to the high limit room and they're being treated like Kings. And then all of a sudden you start counting and they freak out and they just don't know what to do with themselves. Cause you have to perform tomorrow. That is yeah. one of my fantasies. <laughs> I don't play any instruments and I'm not going to learn just to fulfill that. But I hope that you one day are in that position. I used to think about that. Like Jerry Seinfeld is performing at Caesar's palace and, and he's like, Hey, I want, you know, a $1,000 minimum and a $20,000 max table. Look at all these low cards. There's no high cards. What is the deal? <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, you know, like, what would they do? What would they? They'd be like, "Hey, you know, you can perform, but we're not going to let you play blackjack." I, I just want to know what would happen. <laughs> I, okay. I think that was just too low of stakes at the time. I didn't have the bankroll, so maybe they were just like, you know, four hundred bucks is not going to do much. <laughs> I don't think they were worried about you at all. But yeah, <laughs> but, so you you came to a boot camp and you said you were in a casino twelve hours ago. Uh, have you pursued other advantage play because you see? there's a limit to what you can do with 21 blitz or is it like, Hey, I just got to do something else. I want I want to do some other skills other than play this, this app or, or what's, what's the motivation. So there is good motivation. And then there are consequences that have kind of pushed me away from 21 blitz. So the first thing was after like, I went into the BGA boot camp as just like a card counter, but like, you know, I left as an AP. Like my mind was kind of blown after just learning so much and seeing things through through a completely different lens. Um, as instead of just being like this competitive guy that wanted to create this very uh, difficult sort of strategy and accounting system, I began to see things as like, you know, is this plus EV or minus EV? And just sort of broadening my, I guess my parameters, so to speak. But now that like so much time has passed, 21 Blitz has kind of it's kind of died down. I think it had a lot to do with once the country started to open up again, people got off of their phones and went out and you know went back to the bars, went back to see their friends and family, and just basically just got out of the house. So I was like, okay, this game is dying, and my hourly, even if I don't know the EV per se, like my hourly was probably around the range of like, and this is very rough. It was like four or $500 an hour, but now it's gotten down to like maybe 90 to like a hundred dollars an hour because like the pool of competition has separated, like all of the middle ground people got destroyed. And now there's only completely new players and like the elites of the elites remaining. And so like the liquidity pool has been like, it's law it's went down like 80% and not to mention my health deteriorating. Like if you're inside your house 12 hours a day, seven days a week for two years, sometime in this, uh, I don't know if it was the summer of 2021, but I had my best month ever. I had made $50,000 in one month, but there was like a 10 day tournament. And this was at the point that I knew I had to eventually get away from this, but there was a 10 day tournament and I was playing against like whales. And so like on the, 
this is again, this is difficult to explain without like someone having the knowledge of how the system works. But like whales can lose more than you do, but they can play at such a rate to where their volume of like like trophy gains. How do I explain this? Um, just basically like a whale can buy their way into like their first position of the league. Sure. Why wouldn't they offer that? You know, <laughs> right. And so like they kind of put me like eventually you'll reach a point to where like even if you're playing a game, you're going to go to like a sort of like a pending and it's going to wait in the system. And since you're at the roof of the echelon, the system has to wait for someone to come up to your skill level, which means you're I guess you could say your rounds per hour start to slow down. But I, I had played 19 hours, three days in a row. And on the third day, like I actually had an anxiety attack during the middle of a game. Like I like two seconds, I just quit breathing. And I, I was like, I dropped my phone, uh, went and looked in the mirror. My eyes were bloodshot. And I was like having like intermittent auditory hallucinations because like I was just pushing myself so hard. Like my diet consisted of like sleeping, coffee and 21 blitz. That's all I ate. <laughs> So this story arc is so fascinating to me. How many people would develop a system for this? But then also there's the luck involved of it happening during COVID where everybody's at home on their phones. And, you know, you, you reach a point where you're making or generating four or 500 an hour playing the game. But, you know, like a lot of forms of advantage play, you know, there's there's that point, and you never know when you're at the peak of of something. But then there's diminishing returns, or or often either something changes, diminishing returns, and and just burnout, like absolute burnout. And so you went through that entire story arc with this game. Do you, do you still play? I do, but things have just dwindled down to peanuts and like this game affected my health like pretty bad like i have pretty bad posture at this point i've went to like uh i went to like my primary care doctor i've went to um a couple of orthopedic surgeons and like talked with them i've talked with like different chiropractors and so my right side trapezius muscle i think the doctor said it had to do with how i was sitting and holding my phone like an iphone is not heavy but if you're holding it 12 hours a day 7 days a week over time, especially after two years, it just wears and tears on your on your muscles. But like, I've had some actual health issues from just pushing so hard, and so I I just like if 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 anyone actually downloads the game and you go on there, you you know you might see me and you might catch me in the chat. But like, I just don't play as much as I used to. And, and you've transitioned into more in casino advantage play. Yes. <laughs> Did you ever have any like issues with your thumbs or any kind of carpal tunnel or something like that? Yes. So I have a funny little story. After uh, the boot camp, I had went out and started to like kind of build a network with different APs and we had a meetup and I was dealing the cards. And every time I would deal someone a card, my right arm would pop. And they kept asking me like, why is your arm popping? It's like, well, it's this game I used to play called 21 Blitz. I made a lot of money off of it. And like, you know, okay. So, but it's affected me in, in good and, you know, positive and negative ways. So any, any plans to start a, 21 blitz apprenticeship <laughs> yeah I've, I've thought about it but i really don't know how i would go about explaining the game and if i were to do the 21 blitz apprenticeship basically only like a very very tiny percentage of people would even be able to profit because if let's say 10 people want to play in the same wager that i'm playing eventually the echelon is going to place you against me and then that's not going to work 
So at this point, uh, how many how many hours are you putting into advantage play a month? Probably about at this point, like a hundred to two hundred. Like I'm still occasionally playing twenty one blitz, so I haven't fully transitioned. But like as like every like I guess six months, I'm transitioning more and more into uh, casino life. Especially since I've sort of like expanded my horizon with different advantage plays, not just limited to blackjack. Uh huh. You said one hundred to two hundred a month. Yes. And how's that working with family life? It's pretty good. I'm I'm a dad. And so like, you know, my son's mother and I, we get along very well. I am super grateful to have someone um, as, as great as her with like co-parenting and, and everything else. So um, like whenever, you know, I'm with my son, like I focus on spending all of that time with him. And now that I have the financial freedom to do that, I can actually enjoy the time with him. And so like, but whenever it's just me, I basically I just stay on the road. But I've also had the ability to you know help my family and and even some of my friends. And so as I continue to do all this, I've done a better job of juggling family life and friends and and you know not just a going obsessive. I, that's been the hardest part is turning off that obsessive light switch. Yeah, totally. I, I've thought about that. How how different would I have been if I you know. And I was married when I got in, when I started counting cards, if I, yeah, might, might look a little, a little different. I, cause I think I can get a little obsessive too, not at the skill level of you, but in a different way. Awesome. It, anything else you want to share with us? I know it's been, it's been almost an hour, so uh, probably should wrap it up here, but anything else you want to share with us? Uh, just remember that healthy is wealthy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. Thanks for saying that. And, just for people to figure out, yeah, how any form of advantage play serves uh, where they're trying to get. It doesn't become a thing that's inhibiting what, where you're trying to get. Any any pro tips on that, on healthy being wealthy? Just kind of the basic things that I never thought about. Go outside, get sunlight, drink water, ease up on the coffee. I'm super guilty of that. And get lots of rest. I know that sounds really like obvious, but it took me two years of suffering to understand <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be so tempting for anyone. Like, if you're making at the beginning like four hundred, five hundred dollars an hour from home, I I think I would do the exact same thing. Like, I would play as much as possible because it, it's so easy. It's not like you have to drive three hours to a casino to make five hundred hour. It's like it's right there all day long. Oh man, uh, totally. And and just play one more game. Just play one more game. Yes, that is a famous quote in the Twenty One Blitz community. <laughs> That would be really tough. I read re- recently that they're putting sleep on the same level as major risk factors for people, you know, like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, poor sleep. It, it is super important. And it's very easy as an AP to, to not prioritize sleep. Yeah. And too much sitting is bad, too. Thanks for sharing your story. It's such a unique one. And it's it's really cool. And And I'm glad that, you know, Glad for the success, but also that that you've had the courage to say, "Hey, look, there's healthier ways to spend spend my time than than it just 19 hours a day of playing on your phone." Yes, awesome. Well, thanks again for sharing your story. If people want to learn more about beating blackjack <laughs> in casinos, check out blackjackfriendship.com, and you can even find Magnum Wordsmith Joe Seven Four Eight and myself in the membership area. And also be on the lookout for my mini dumbbell for your thumbs. I'm going to create some tiny thumb dumbbells to help <laughs> ease the pain. So <laughs> yeah. seven for eight tiny thumbbells. <laughs> Coming soon to uh, Amazon and everywhere else you can find tiny thumbbells. All right. Have a great day and, and we'll catch you guys next time. 